I do believe that uh, God has a divine purpose today. And um, uh, if you read in, in the Gospels where Jesus, uh, it was his um, uh, habit that he went to the synagogue. Uh, and, but one day he gets to the synagogue, you know, he did, it was just a part of his culture, his life, just like for us coming uh, to a service uh, on a Sunday for so many, it's just a part of what you do. And, um, uh, you know, and, and those who haven't been here a while, I love you. Glad to see you here. I'm not looking to, you know, there's not, no condemnation. I'm, I, it, this is, we don't keep score. Okay, we don't keep score. And you know what, God, I don't believe he keeps score because his mercies are new every morning. Thank God he doesn't keep score. Man? And uh, so, but the idea that you just never know when something out of the ordinary is going to knock you over. Right? Jesus, as his custom was, he's there going to the synagogue. He gets to the synagogue one day, and they hand him the scroll because it was his turn to read. And he opens it up, and he says, uh, you know, he has anointed me to, to heal. And, and, and he just, this prophetic scripture comes pouring out of his mouth because he's reading it. Then he looks up at everybody. He says, today it's fulfilled in your ears. Like, what? You know, how can you declare? That, that was the day. There, there, you know, there's times you're just kind of going through the motions, but every once in a while you come up against a day where your life changes. And I, I just, I'm going to tell you, we are in some incredible times. Uh, if the events of the world around you haven't got you uh, kind of wondering what's up, you know, uh, and I, I would, wouldn't advise you to try to keep up with everything. Because that'd drive you insane. But the idea, there's powers at play here. Things are moving. And um, it's time, I'm just going to say this, it's time for you to pay attention. Okay? I'm not, it's just time to pay attention. Be aware of the day that we live in. Don't, you know, you could sleep and, and oversleep and not care. A while ago, but today is a day to be awake spiritually and say, what's going on? All right? And I'm not, I don't say that to cause any fear because uh, if, if, you, if you're looking for the coming of the Lord, this is exciting stuff. And if you're looking for everything in the world to continue on as it was, you're going to be disappointed because there's change in the air that's real and, um, and, and prophesied. And what I want to do is to be able to navigate the day that we live according to God's will. How many want to do that? So, um, just a couple things because, uh, you know, I know not everybody saw it, but uh, how many believe the Scripture is 100% true? 100%? It's 100% true. Right? And... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of out of order here, uh, Casey, but I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18. And um, Acts chapter 2 is significant. It, is a, it was one of those turning point moments in history. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, literally was, was the beginning of the world being turned upside down by the gospel. It was this one event 
that one day that people were uh, 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 patient enough, they waited for God, and God always comes through. Not when you think He should, right? But He always comes through. I always think He's a little bit late on my account, but He's never late. So here's what, here's what it says in Acts chapter 2, and all of us that believe the Scriptures 100%, yes, amen? All right, listen to this. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, are we in the last days, you think? That I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Now, uh, there are some, and I'm not wanting to be critical. I just want to declare what is true. But there are some that believe that spiritual manifestation of God was for back then and not now. And I would declare that you are missing something incredible and don't let what somebody else has told you keep you from what God is trying to lead you into. I'm going to say that one more time. Because I'm not, I'm not saying this from a place of Wow, I've got all truth, and, and you've got to hear everything I have to say. I have walked in deception in my life. And the reality of it is there's probably things that I'm deceived about right now. Okay? And I, what I do want to do is walk in humility and say, Lord, open my eyes to what you're doing. And there was a time in my life that I followed whatever somebody else told me because I trusted them. I trusted uh, their leadership and their spiritual life, only to find out it was a house made of cards. And I realized, you know, something was wrong. But in the midst of that, I found Jesus. Okay? I'm not questioning whether you have found Jesus or not. I, I realize you can find Jesus in some crazy, crazy places. You can. He, he is not limited by what we, where we think he ought to show up because he'll show up where he wants to show up. True or not true. And, and so the idea of once I saw that house made of cards collapse and that spiritual uh, uh, um, authority that I gave these individuals in my life kind of deteriorate, I was left just thinking, what, what is it that might not be true that they were telling me? Not, not that everything you've ever been told, there's, there's some truth out there in all kinds of things. But there's also deception. And you've got to be careful that in the day that we live that you're awake and listening to what the Spirit would say. And I'm here to declare what I, that's not what I believe, it's what I know to be true. That, that the power of His Spirit being manifest in human beings, it, it results in supernatural events. And what I mean is events that you don't learn it in a book, but it literally 
has a spiritual life outside of the, of the world that we live in and the five senses that rule us. Okay, am I making sense? Am I scaring anybody yet? No, okay. I'm going to try harder. Uh, but uh, so, so here's what happens. He declares, he says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Can you imagine being filled with the spirit of Almighty God? Literally being filled, you being filled with the spirit and saying, hmm, I don't know when that happened. That encounter, that infusion of your spirit and his spirit, I'm telling you, I know the very place and moment that it happened. The life-changing event of that happening, it happened. So, But because of that, the, the, the gifts of the spirit, I believe, are as much for today as they have been in any time. And, and in fact, here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says in verse number one, he said, Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading you with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, I, I just, the older I get, I used to, I used to beat people up. You know, I, I could preach condemnation better than anybody. But Paul, being filled with the Spirit, he said, I, I, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by meekness and the gentleness. Christ is gentle. How, how many of you experience a gentleness? Well, you hear this, and I realize there is a time to speak harsh. You know, if your kid's running out in the road, it's like, yeah! You know, because you, there's imminent death. You're going to... You know, you're going to respond, but there's most of the time, especially when you're trying to encourage and lift uh, uh, others and, and bring them into that relationship, there is a gentleness about him. He doesn't force his way on anybody. He invites us into it. He said, I, I, he said I'm, uh, I'm pleading with you by the meekness and the gentleness of, of Christ, who in present I'm lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Again, I think a lot of preachers and ministries would learn well to understand the way Paul presented himself to the church. It wasn't like, I got it all and you got nothing. He said, I am presently lowly among you. If, if we have anything, any one of us, any gift, it is a gift from God, and there's no flesh that takes any glory in it, ever. We've gone through a period of time in Christianity when they lifted up, you know, different ministries, and, and they hung their shingles, and they did great things, and, and I just, I'm convinced in the, in the move of God that's coming, in the, in the future that's right around us, it is going to be everyday, ordinary believers that are going to be empowered by Him. And, and the move of God is going to come from places that's going to absolutely shock you, and it's not going to come from your TV. It's going to come from people 
on the streets just all of a sudden catching hold of what God has called us to do and be in the time that we we live in. You think wickedness is prevailing and, and there's turmoil all around. You haven't seen what God has unleashed yet. And the reality of it is you and I cannot sit back and wait and watch for somebody else to do it. I want you to be able to hear. I want to be, I don't have to be uh, be the catalyst of worldwide revival. Jesus is that. But I can lend my voice to the, where God is causing the church to go. And together we strengthen and, and absolutely are an unstoppable force. If what we do, we do together in unity. If what we do, we do together divided and distracted, we are not very much of a threat to anything. But he goes on to say, what's he going to say here? He said, but I beg you that when I am present, I may be not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. I just, again, a little bit of teaching and preaching, treaching. Um, so often, you know, you visit a church or you go from church to church and you judge it by the flesh. You know, what's going on? Is the music good? Why did the guitar player have a problem? That was awesome, but that really was. You know, uh, or, or, you know, how, how good's your coffee and, you know, you go through all these things, but I'm telling you, we're coming into a day, you better be around people that are spiritually alive. It's, I'm, 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 I'm pleading with you with all meekness. Be around people that are spiritually alive. You, you, it's a different day. It's a different day than I've ever preached in in my lifetime. Uh, so he got his, that's not what I'm preaching. Though. Listen to this. He says, um, for though we walk in the flesh, everybody here walk in the flesh? Okay. Though we walk in the flesh, it says we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That sounds pretty pretty cool. Pulling down strongholds. It says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The reality of it is that there are weapons that God has gifted to the church. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it is going to be essential and necessary that we learn how to use them in the days to come. The weapons of our warfare now are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, uh, you know, that's, 
you can preach that and say, that's what a wild thought. Oh, wild spiritual thought. But if you can't put it down to where your feet meet the ground, what good is it? If you can talk about, oh, how mighty God, you know, and you've, I preached like that. But my goodness, man, it's got to be able to be lived out in our lives or we're, we're just, you know, we're reading it in a book, getting excited about words on a page. But the question is, are you uh, engaged with those weapons of warfare now? Do you use them in your life? Are they active? I'm here to tell you, as the enemy waxes worse and worse and all that goes on, God is going to exponentially give to the church these weapons that are not carnal, but these weapons that are powerful. And if we don't understand them and use them, you are whacked, preacher. I mean, this is correct. We're taught we're just going to come, you know, get something, make us feel, our conscience feel good before we have chicken wings at 1230. Well, you know what? You could have done that a while ago. But, honey, if you're going to come here, there's things happening that you need to be awake. Is it? Absolutely outside of the realm of possibility that World War III could be upon us. Not trying to scare anybody. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. But I'm telling you, there's forces at work. That's not country against country. That's spiritual wickedness aligning itself. There's nothing that happens in the natural, but there are some spiritual forces at work. And And... And I'm telling you, and people that I'm, there's people that have absolutely very little faith at all, and they're scared. You know, preacher, pastor, Wade, what do you think? Is this World War III? I said, let me tell you what, if it is, you better be ready for the biblical end time. You got to be ready. And, and, and so I'm just telling you, it's not like, oh, no, what's going to happen? I tell you what happens. We win in the end. Okay, so be on the right side of this. You're going to be all right. Okay, take a breath. But how are we going to get there? I don't know, but I do know this. We win in the end. And so when you get all freaked out, you're reading the newspaper, just take a breath and say, we win in the end. Okay, say that when we win in the end. Why? Because Jesus conquers all. It's not that we come in and, oh, but he conquers all. So, all right, I'm getting to what I really wanted to preach here. The weapons of our warfare not being carnal. And so what I'm about to tell you is, um, uh, and that your young men will see vision, your old men dream dreams. Let me ask you this. A couple questions. Anybody have a dream from God ever? A dream from God ever? Okay, a few of you. Pretty cool, huh? Um, You wake up, you remember that. You're not that old, some of you. I've had dreams that when you have a dream from God, it's it's just it's unique. I mean, uh, you know, you'd have to experience that. It's unique. You just you're awake. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not just pizza and fries and overeating whatever. Uh, that was something God's trying to show me something. Had I've had a few of those. And and uh, how many have ever had a vision? One, two, three, four. All right, okay, I don't. All right. All right. So, 
here's where the, the, the boots hit the ground, okay? All right. Uh, how many have ever heard the voice of God? Now, those of you that don't think you have, I promise you you have. I can promise you you have. I, I guarantee you have. You just haven't recognized it to be his voice. And that's it. Being able to recognize that is, is absolutely essential for you to embrace what God's doing. So, much like having a vision, okay, those of you that have a vision, you can share your experience. And, and, and I'm not saying this to tell you how spiritual I am. But this week I've had two very particular visions. I'm not saying, oh, wow, Pastor, you must be super spiritual. The truth is, I'm a miserable failure that's been saved by God's grace that happens to be in a place of leadership in a time that's critical for God's kingdom to go forward. It's not somebody, oh, you got to be super spiritual. No, you got to be covered by the blood. You got to be going in, the, in a direction, and you've got to put yourself in a position to hear. And then you got to expect it. Some of you don't expect it even though you said you believe the Scripture that says your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions. How many believe that's absolute Scripture? Then how come you're not seeing visions? Just asking, nothing serious. Calm down. I want you to expect it. With the expectation of it, if you're, if it's, so, so I have, I had two very specific visions this week that were um, telling, and it wasn't so that I could be lifted up spiritually, like look how oh man I got I got used in the gifts of the spirit. No, there are needs that are that are coming upon us that we've got to engage the way God wants us to engage, and therefore He's going to. He's going to show us things, and he's going to show me. I, I got the microphone. That's why he gave them to me. But individually, he's going to show you things for your family. He's going to have somebody come in and speak a prophetic word. God is on the move. All right, so before I tell you these, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. You know, I have been where uh, around people that believe there are no visions, right? That doesn't exist. And then I've been on the other side around people that there is a vision every moment. And God gives them a vision how he wants them to cook their eggs that morning. And somehow that's spiritual. And, and, and uh, let me tell you something. When, when God gives you a vision, what I believe it is part of that weapons of warfare that gives direction. It will always align with his word. Okay? It will never be something that is ex outside of the, the, the safety and the, the, I call them the guardrails of our life. And so when somebody comes along, there'll be dreams and vision. And you had a dream, you had a vision, and, and you say, well, it's from God. Well, if it doesn't align with his word, it's not. And the other thing is people get all screwed up. When they're not in fellowship, they'll have what they think is a vision from God. What I'm going to tell you, my vision, you're going to judge whether that was from God or not. Right? These two visions. And, and um, there's times somebody tell me, well, I got, I got this from the Lord, and, and uh, 
I just knew in my spirit, no, you did not. You didn't. That wasn't from God. And I don't condemn you for thinking and hoping and, and trial and error or whatever, but, but don't let things that you just hear in your head become the very things that direct you. Because that can be dangerous. But you bring it to the body of Christ, and if the body picks it up, there's direction. If, do you follow me there? Important stuff. And I dare, I'm going to say this again. And there are no such things as lone rangers for Jesus. Okay? Oh, he, he's a superstar. Sorry. I'm telling you what, he's a mess just like you. Oh, she's amazing. Okay? But I guarantee you behind what you see is amazing is a broken human being that needs God's grace every day. And I, and I understand. I understand God's going to gift different people, but it should never elevate us. It always, if we're gifted, it ought to elevate Him. Follow me there? All right, so let me tell you about these. Because I'm not... I'm not uh, <coughs> So I had one Thursday, and if you saw my post on, uh, or or no, I had one last Sunday. Last Sunday's prayer meeting was incredible. And and, and, and as I was was praying, we prayed for the Ukraine and and the spiritual forces. We're going to do that again um, uh, the next Sunday that we come together. And stick around. If if it's for five or ten minutes, whatever it is, I just, there's there's something about uh, uh, the words that we speak. I'm going to tell you one of the greatest weapons. Man, I've got like two hours of talking to do. Okay, and I got five minutes to do it. Listen to this. The greatest weapon I believe that the church has is the spoken word. Not the written word, the spoken word. What you speak out of your mouth. We we have the ability to create like God when we speak in the will of God, our words have power. You say, oh, we can't create. Let me tell you what. You go home and be miserable to your wife and see if you don't create an atmosphere. True or not true? Well, we don't have power. We don't. You got power. But what if our power is more than that? What if, if we're in agreement with the kingdom? He said, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed. True or not true? Either we believe a lie or it's true. Either it's all true or none of it's true. You cannot... mm, I don't have time. Listen to this. Your words have power. But I cannot say, Lord, a new Lamborghini in the parking lot. I wish it had happened like that. I can't, you know, there's things that I want that I want to speak. I'm not, God knows better. He loves me more than that. But if I could ever find the divine purpose and will of God and speak in a direction of prayer and agree with Him, things happen. I'm up here praying, right? I was right here, right here. I have my back this that way. And I'm praying, God, you know, the, the forces at work here, the, the spirit behind Putin, the, you know, the, the trauma and the, and the hurt in the Ukraine, and I'm going, and all of a sudden it just come on me, who do you think you are? Your prayers 
your prayer, how do you think that's going to affect such a huge spiritual entity? We're not talking, we're talking uh, uh, principalities and powers in high places right now. We're not talking, hey, I got a cold, you know, or I've got some disease that I sometimes is spiritually inspired, and, and I can ask my brother to come with that gift, and boom, it, it'll, it'll flee. But there are spiritual forces at work that it takes more than. It, it takes the accumulative effect and the unity of prayer in a certain direction that drives back the enemy. There is a battle that exists. And so I'm praying, God, you know, all of these things, and the thought comes in, what do you think your prayer can do against something so huge? And immediately I saw, uh, as it were, just uh, uh, just that one, that stream. The Bible says that uh, Jesus talking about us filled with the Spirit, out of your bellies would flow rivers of living water. And I, and I saw that coming out of me, and it wasn't, wasn't this gushing, you know, torrent of water, but it was a stream, and it was alive. And, and, but what I did see was it connected with another one, and then with another one, and then different ones diverging and, and converging into a, into a raging torrent that went toward God's objective, and it moved it. Some of you today, you feel like you're so insignificant in your prayer because, you know, what good is it going to do? I'm going to tell you, without you adding your voice to what God's trying to do, we're limited in our ability. This is a time of war. This is a time of war. If you don't think so, man, get your head screwed on straight. We're in a battle. And, and by everybody's account, man, Christian values and cultures kind of swirling in decay, but God is on the move. And all the more that we ought to be lifting our voice. I have so much more to say about that, but one more vision. Can you imagine the millions and millions of people that have been praying for the Ukraine and, and all of that? Praying in faith. What what God is unleashing there? So then, uh, Thursday night prayer meeting. Most of the time, when I have a vision, it's because I'm in prayer. All right, I'm, I meant to tell you this. I'm sorry. I'm adding three minutes to this. The visions that I get are not like punching play on YouTube. Okay? The how-to. Boom. And but there it is, and I can adjust the volume, and I can sit back and watch. It is very, very faint. That, that if you're not careful, you can almost miss it. I'm telling you this for you to understand what it is. It's maybe others that have had visions can, can uh, testify to what uh, and how it works for them. But there is an act of faith to grasp that vision. If you've ever heard the voice of God, how many times has God shouted at you? It's, it, I'm telling you, if God has to shout at you, you're in trouble. Right? It means you stepped way over the line somewhere. 
But when God speaks, it's that still small voice that if you, you can, that's why so many of you say, I haven't heard it because you've not attuned yourself to it. There's some of you that God's tried to give a vision, but you've not looked at it. And I'm asking you in prayer for you to start looking for it. It was just all of a sudden the edges of an impression. And I, okay, I, I know, uh, God, you're about to show me something. I'm going to turn, not my uh, sight, smell, touch, taste, whatever else I'm missing hearing because I can't hear. But the idea, it's not one of those five senses. There's a spiritual life that's in you that God wants to bring alive. And, and, and that's where it happens. And so as I uh, was in prayer again, uh, I, saw, I saw a battlefield Thursday. And it wasn't tens of thousands. It was like a group of us. It was ours. where we were. And there was a, as I'm looking at the battlefield, there was a point uh, where, where the battle was raging. And there was probably three or four of us. Look, and I don't even know who, because I'm looking at it from up here. They're, they're clustered together. But everybody else was scattered. They, you know, all around, and they're just like, you know, you could tell they really didn't know what was going on. And, and, I, and I'm saying this. The tactic of the enemy of your soul and my soul is to distract us from the real battle. And if you're distracted, you are never going to be able to lend the power and authority of your gifting and your words to what God's looking to, to fight. And so, two things, God, forgive me for going over time. But here it is. Some of you are fighting some pretty intense battles in your home. I believe, I believe, and I'm not saying that because you're here. I believe that based on your gifting, God, uh, uh, and what He desires to do, that there is oftentimes spiritual wickedness that comes against you uh, in more force than other places. And in that case, uh, you standing there battling it alone is difficult. But you come alongside. That's why we're in fellowship. In, in my sword and your sword, in, in my faith and your faith, we can push some stuff back. We can. That's a fact. But when you isolate, don't isolate yourself. I'm just saying that. But here's the other side of that. There's some of you that, that, that you are so self-focused that 90% of your prayer or 99% of the prayer of the church is about, oh, God, you know, I hope my rhododendrons come up good this week. Oh, Lord, you know, uh, could you help me with my job or I need a new car or bless the kids or do this or do that. And the reality of it is, he said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of those things will be added. But here we are so distracted by the enemy thinking that, oh, I'm in, i got to be in control of that when all the while, I'm going to pop a blood vessel. All the while, God said, I got that. Which one of you, do you know my son-in-law, who I'm so stinking proud of, even though I hate the fact that he took Emily to Tucson. He, he's uh, going to be an Air Force pilot. Can you imagine the Air Force saying, hey, yeah, go to training and all that, and, and at the same time, figure out a way to make a living so that 
uh, I, we can, you know, you can take care of your home. When, when he goes to battle or he goes when he's been deployed, they provide, they provide, they provide. Why? Because he is a soldier. He is an airman. He, he is engaged. Do you think for a moment that our God would call us to battle and not take care of the very unique small things around us? So, I say, come on. Think about it for a moment. Could it be that the enemy has distracted us to use the most powerful weapons of our life? Prayer. Speaking words of faith. And it's all about, oh, bless this and bless that and bless Aunt Nanny and do this one here and, and, and take care of that. And I'm not belittling that to any degree. But I'm telling you, there is a battle to be engaged in. And I can only turn away from those things. Yeah, I know there's needs, but my experience says He will meet all my needs according to His riches. And so that I can incredibly and powerfully engage in, 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 in prayer and ministry in a direction that He calls. And when we do that together, it's like a point of a spear. Oh, God doesn't do anything. It's because we don't have a clue how to uh, uh, use the weapons of our warfare. Can you imagine? I love architect. Uh, I love blueprints. But can you imagine drawing something up? There's got to be somebody to build it. You got to have. You got to have someone to come along with a hammer and nail and say, "Put this thing together." Otherwise, it's just a pretty drawing. Well, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous that Christianity is a pretty drawing without it being able to be lived out in the day that we live when the power of the Spirit that He's called us. Okay, I better stop. Stand with me. Oh, my goodness. Not that late. Holy smoke. So here's 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 how I end it. Listen to this. Luke chapter 10 and verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him saying, Lord, do, don't you uh, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. This is an event in the Gospels where Jesus is coming into Martha's house. And you know what? She wanted to make a good impression. There was nothing wrong with Martha wanting to serve. There was nothing wrong. Come on, you got to have the tea and the crumpets and whatever else is. Put it out there and have Jesus have a good time. you got to do that. We have to take care of our lives. We have to take care of our children. We've got to take care of our homes. We've got to have firewood and, and fuel. and We've got to do all of those things. But I'm telling you, for you to allow it to consume you, you're distracted. Martha, you're distracted by so many things. But Mary, which, which kind of ignored all of it and sat at the feet of Jesus, he said, she's, 
She chose the good part. And so I, I know, I know. Come on, man. I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head. I, I'm just telling you, the times, there's an old song, the times they are changing. Okay. It's happening. It really is happening. And, and how, how do we do this? If we have this, you know, blueprint of what it should be and we're never able to build it, what good is it? Or do we engage and put our boots on the ground and pick up what God's called us to pick up and, and quit making it bigger than it is and, and look for the dreams and the visions and the, and the Word. And, and when you find out it's from the Lord for direction, you the microphone and speak it. So, Father, today, 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 God, I thank You for Your Word that's incredibly powerful. And I thank You for the vision You gave me. And what, what, I, what, what I saw, Lord, I, just what I saw when I was praying is, is so many distracted, but, but one by one, the, the, the battle got their attention. And they turned in the direction that You called us to turn. I saw that also. And I know there are those here today, Lord Jesus, that you're going to teach us to, to war. You're going to teach us to be effective in the day that we live, to, to walk in spiritual authority. Lord, to use the words that we have to create direction. I believe that today. And I thank you and I speak the power of your Spirit upon every soul in this room. Lord Jesus, I speak uh, clarity. I speak Your peace. I speak Your will of God to be lived out among us. Mm -mm. In the name of Jesus. How many feel the presence of God in the house? Come on, don't, don't just, okay, that was great. Let's go on to the next thing. Take a few moments. Terry here, if you need prayer, come on down and pray. If you need to be strengthened, we want to lift you up. If you need healing... We're going to pray healing. And we're going to be a part of what God does at the end of the age. We're going to be a part of it. Come pray with us in Jesus' name.